Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. Uh, Today I want to jump into an area that involves leadership, and it's one of those profound areas that sometimes we think we can't do, but I really know that we can do, and that is I want to talk to you about thinking like a leader. Now, if you've ever been in a room filled with leaders, you know that the intuitive skills that they have sometimes uh, make you feel disqualified. But what I found is, is that leaders aren't necessarily more gifted than other people. They just develop skills that other people do not necessarily uh, develop. And so today I want to talk about one of those skills, and I want to talk about thinking like a leader. Thinking like a leader. Now, in a biblical standpoint, we know that the Bible talks a whole lot about thoughts. In Isaiah 55, it says that God's ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not his thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are his ways and his thoughts uh, towards us. And so what it was saying is that God created a bridge, and that bridge was his words to begin to communicate a new way of thinking. We know in Romans chapter 12 that the Bible uh, instructs us to renew our mind or to change our thinking so that we can think in a way that is conducive to what God is doing in our life. And then we know that Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4 that there's some standards for how we think, that we're to think on these things. And he proceeds to lay out a template that is to guide the thought patterns of people. Well, I want to talk to you specifically about leaders and how leaders tend to think. So let me just start with a statement. There is nothing more common than someone who says, I wished I would have thought of that. Man, have you ever said that to yourself where you're sitting there and you hear someone say something and it's just really profound or it's sort of a a game changer and you're just thinking, man, I just wish I would have thought of that. And you're just thinking, man, it wasn't something that was splitting the atom or uh, defining creation to the minute detail. It was just one of those profound kind of everyday things. Well, why is it that leaders tend to have those kind of thoughts? Why is it that leaders tend to think of things that other people don't think? And it's because many times they've disciplined themselves to think and a pattern that most people haven't disciplined themselves to think in. So let me just uh, give you this thought. How do you get an idea and grow it? How do you get an idea and grow it? So how do you come up with an idea? And if you come up with an idea, how do you take that idea from infancy to maturity? Now, let me just be honest with you. Every day I pray and I believe for a thought just a thought, that God will give me a thought. See, sometimes I get asked, well, how do you write so much leadership material? How do you get so much leadership content? Well, it's because I believe for a thought. I ask God to give me a thought. So the thought may be this. God gave me the thought about stamina. And so I'm praying, God give me a thought, and he gave me this thought. Stamina is the ability to do your best when you're not at your best. Well, that's all it was, was it was a thought. 
But that thought is going to grow. And I'm going to add other thoughts to it until that thought becomes a message. In fact, it was a message that I did in a leadership forum, and people just literally said, man, where did you get that from? Well, I got it from a thought. Stamina is the ability to do your best when you're not at your best. Or one day I got this thought. Discipline is the gift that leaders give themselves. Deadlines is the gift that people give you if you're not disciplined. It's just a simple thought. Discipline is the gift that you give yourself. But deadline is what other people give you if you don't have discipline. Well, it started as a thought. But from that thought, there came a whole series of messages or sacrifice. Doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. That's all sacrifice is. Sacrifice isn't doing something that seems out of control. It's just doing something you don't want to do it. And you don't want to do it at the time you need to do it. So sacrifice is the ability to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. See, all those started as thoughts, but they all ultimately became leadership lesson. So let me just take you through a process. The first step, your first thoughts aren't your best thoughts. When you get a thought, you need to understand that's the starting line, that's not the finish line. That's where you begin, that's not where you end. And so you have to appreciate the fact that your first thoughts aren't your best thoughts. If your first thoughts are your best thoughts, then you're really not used to thinking. What I can tell you is this, every thought I get, stamina, the ability to do your best when you're not at your best, that's all I got. But that wasn't a great thought until all of a sudden I began to develop that thought. So your first thoughts aren't your best thoughts. And what does that tell you? You need to add other thoughts to it. And so second, thoughts are like seeds. If you nurture them, they will grow bigger. So when you get a thought, all you're getting is a seed. But if you'll take that seed and you'll water it a little bit and you'll tend to it a little bit, that seed will become a full-grown tree. And so your job is to have a thought, but to learn how to take that thought and let it develop. So your first thoughts aren't your best thoughts because that's the starting line. But thoughts are like seeds. If you nurture them, they will grow bigger and they will grow better. But then it's at this point that you have to sort of challenge one of the tendencies that people have. And that is third, thinking is not hard. Rethinking is. What that means is that have you ever had a thought and you knew it was a good thought and you liked that thought but you got busy and then you forgot it. And then you spend the rest of the day trying to remember, well, what was that thought? What is that thought? What is that thought? See, thinking's not hard. It's having to rethink things. And so in life, you want to make sure that when you get a thought, that you take care of that thought. And for many people, it's very simple. It's just writing the thought down. It's putting it in your smartphone. 
It's putting it in your iPad. It's putting it somewhere where you're not going to have to spend all your energy rethinking the thought. You can now spend your energy developing that thought. So you've got to put thoughts in their place. And what that means is whenever you have a thought, you understand that that thought's just a seed. It hasn't reached maturity yet. But when you have that thought, you need to take that thought and put it in its place. Now, for me, that's going to be on my iPad. And I'm going to write that thought down. And I'm going to put that thought in a place. And I'm going to come back and revisit that thought. Now, because I fly so much, I will literally go through every note on my iPad that I have saved. And I will look at those, and each time I look at them, God begins to polish that thought and mature that thought a little bit. So I'll take that thought, and I might just reword it. I might add another thought to it, because you need to put it in their place. See, a lot of things happen is that people think, well, I don't have a great memory. Having a thought doesn't require you to have a great memory. You just have to be responsible. See, I've had people on my team saying, Gerald, I don't have the memory that you have. You remember so much. But I look at them and I said, it's not having a great memory. It's learning and responsibility. So if we go through a giant event in our organization, we do the after report. And the after report is, what did we do that really looked good? What did we do that really looked bad? What is it we want to change for the future? And we will literally put down that list. And I said, you have a choice. You can either a year from now remember all that, or you can put it in its place. And for some people, that's just having a file that says a year from now. And you mark down that date when you need to pull out that file. See, they didn't have to remember anything. They just needed to be responsible for it. Why? Thinking's not hard. It's rethinking. It's when you've already thought and you already had a thought and you don't take responsibility. You don't put that thought in its place. You don't write it down. You don't create a file. And if you don't create that file, then what happens is you have to rethink it every time that particular moment comes up. And so it's not thinking that's hard. It's rethinking that's hard. And to stop from rethinking, you have to put thoughts in their place. The next thought is this. Good thoughts need to be surrounded with other thoughts. So literally when I had that thought, stamina, it's the ability to do your best when you're not at your best. Discipline, it's the gift that you give yourself. Deadlines, it's what other people give you. And so both of those were thoughts, but they're in my iPad. And every time I go to my iPad, I look at those thoughts. And what I did was over a period of literally months, I would go to stamina, the ability to do your best when you're not at your best. And then I would describe it. I would describe what it looks like not to be at your best. I would describe what it looks like to do your best when you're not at your best. And I would begin to surround a thought with other thoughts. And so 
when you begin to develop a thought, you understand that your first thoughts aren't your best thoughts. But you understand that thoughts are like seeds and they can nurture and grow. And you understand that thinking is not hard, but rethinking is. And so you want to put thoughts in their place. But once you put them in their place, you understand that good thoughts need to be surrounded by other thoughts. So you keep revisiting those thoughts and you keep honing them and you keep making them better. And then that thought begins to flourish. But another thing about really being a good thinker is pay the price to be around people who make you think. You know, I've said it before, in our society, we choose our friends by who makes us comfortable. God wants us to choose our friends by who makes us better. See, when the Bible says iron sharpens iron, it wasn't talking about a comfortable setting. It was talking about an intense setting where maybe there's people who make you better and some sparks fly because of it. But that's all right. See, I pay a lot of money every year to put myself around people who make me think, who make me think bigger than I am, who make me think better than I am, who make me think deeper than I am. And I will do anything to be around that kind of person. Who makes me think bigger, better, and deeper? What I want to say to you is, if you ever have an investment to make, invest in you. And that means that if you go to a meeting that may cost X amount of dollars, but that meeting makes you think, you keep paying those dollars because that thinking is worth it. Because you'll be elevated because thoughts are coming. Now, literally, when you're a good thinker, here's what happens. You start thinking, but when you're around people who make you think, you may be around them all day, and they just may give you two thoughts. And you're looking and you're saying, well, I spent eight hours here. I spent this much money, but you got two thoughts. And those two thoughts will create other thoughts. And those other thoughts will create. So you don't judge success by the moment. You judge success by its ability to multiply. That a thought becomes several thoughts and several thoughts unlocks other thoughts. And so... Good thoughts need to be surrounded with other thoughts, but if you're going to be a good thinker, you need to pay the price to be around people who make you think. So in my life, there's about two to three people when I'm around them, they make me think. Let me tell you about one of them. His name's Dan Ryland. I've known Dan for years. He had been with John Maxwell out at a church called Skyline. Not only had he been out there at Skyline, uh, but he then worked uh, with John at Enjoy, but then he moved over with Kevin Myers, a great pastor and a great friend, uh, and he became his executive pastor. Can I tell you, I would pay Dan to be around him because Dan makes me think. Dan makes me think bigger. Dan makes me think better. Dan makes me think deeper. Well, in your life, you need people who make you think. No, it's not always going to be comfortable. It's not always going to be convenient, but it is necessary. So pay the price to be around people who make you think. Next, have a system of thinking. Just have a system. I have a friend who has a system. His system goes like this. You literally watch him, and 
the olden days before there were iPhones, he had this little pad of paper that would sit in his shirt or his coat pocket. And you'd watch him occasionally pull it out. Well, what he's going to do is he's going to write down something that stood out to him during that day. It may be a thought. It may be a quote. It may just be an action, but he's going to write that down. Now, during the day, he may have pulled that out ten times and written down. What's going to happen is before he goes to bed, he's going to take that pad out and he's going to say, yeah, good thought, Mm, not so good. And what he's going to do is he's going to move and say there were two good thoughts that I had that day. And he's going to move them over to another part in his little uh, bidding note taking. But he's going to do that, but he's going to do that every night until he gets at the end of the week. That probably took him 10 minutes at the end of the day. But at the end of a week, he's going to take about an hour. And he's going to take all of those thoughts that had happened during the day, and he's going to look at them. And he's going to eliminate a lot of them. And then he's going to keep a few of them. And that's probably going to take him at the end of the month probably about an hour. But now he's taken thoughts during the day, and he's whittled them down through a week, And now he's sort of uh, filed them away for a month. But then the next month's going to come and he's going to add that month's thoughts. And he's probably going to take a couple of hours and he's going to look through the last couple of months. And he's going to do that same process. Every time he's writing other thoughts down and he's beginning to hone thoughts and he's beginning to polish up thoughts. But then... It's going to come the end of the year, and he's going to pull out all the thoughts that made it through a day, that made it through a week, that made it through a month. And now at the end of the year, he's going to take a day and he's going to look. But what he's going to have is he's going to have probably a page worth of information. And that page is going to lodge him into next year of things that he's going to do, things that he's not going to do, and how he's going to produce things. And it was all because he had a system. The system was daily thoughts, looking them over. What becomes a weekly thought, looking them over. What becomes a monthly thought, looking them over. And then what becomes a yearly thought, and looking them over. And some of those thoughts during that time will be developed at high levels. Some of them will just create an action plan, but they will be thoughts that have basically made it through the test of time. Now, what I'm saying is, is that that may not be your system, but you just need to have a system. Whatever your system is of collecting thoughts that you get, beginning to measure those thoughts over a period of time, beginning to develop those thoughts, not over days, weeks, or months, but maybe even over years, and seeing how those thoughts begin to play out. And so, you are going to have to have a system, a system you use that really is the basis of how you take a thought. Because here's the deal. Why would God give you a thought if all you're going to do is lose it? Why would God give you more than one thought if all you're going to do is forget it? And why would God give you a thought if you're not willing to develop it? It's not that there's an absence of thinkers there's usually an absence of discipline. And discipline is the ability to take responsibility 
for a thought that God may give you. So you have to have a system of thinking. But there's another thing. You've got to learn to think for others and not just for yourself. I can't tell you how many times I will get a thought, and to be honest with you, because of the platform I have, that thought doesn't really play out. There's not a way for me to necessarily use that thought. But I have friends who are in different arenas of business and they're in different areas of life, in different seasons of life. And I'll literally give that thought away. And I'll give it to them and I'll help them think and make that thought better. Because your job isn't just to think. It's not to think better, but eventually to think and to help others. Because everything that God wants us to do involves an investment. Not just in ourselves, but in others. I've literally written material for other people that they've stood up and and, and they've changed so many people's lives. And it all started with a thought with me that I gave away. Now, what I can tell you is this. If you learn to think, other thinkers will find you. And if you learn to think well, other thinkers will want to borrow from you. And one of the greatest compliments is when someone wants to take something you've thought and you've developed and use that and utilize that. So, thinking for others. Not just being selfish in your thought pattern, but saying, hey, here's how I'm going to develop thoughts for other people. But let me give you another principle about thinking. There's nothing worse than someone who has ideas but has no energy. You ever had somebody that said, well, I have this thought and it's just sort of sat on the shelf forever? And you look at them and say, man, that was such a great thought. But they just didn't have any energy to do anything with it. So it basically lived on the shelf versus having a life. Now, what I want to tell you is there's nothing worse than someone who has ideas but no energy. They don't have the energy to take a thought and to let that thought live and to let that thought have application and to prove that thought and to excel at that thought. Well, in life, if God gives you thoughts, then God gives you the energy to develop it. And if God gives you the energy to develop it, then he's going to give you ways to use it. And if he gives you ways to use it, use it. Because when you use a thought, it begins to help others. Now, all of this is just a simple process. It's a simple process of just every day praying that God will give you a thought. It's the process of understanding your first thoughts aren't your best thoughts. So you're going to take any thought God gives you and you're going to try to make that thought better. And that you understand that thoughts are like seeds, that they need to be nurtured and grown. And they'll get bigger. And you recognize that thinking's not hard, but rethinking is. So you're going to make sure whenever you get a thought that you have a plan in place so that you don't have to rethink and use up all that energy to get that thought again. And then you understand that good thoughts need to be surrounded by other thoughts. So during a year, I might have 15 thoughts and 
four of those thoughts interact well with each other, and those four thoughts become the foundation for a lesson that I'm going to communicate. And you got to pay the price to be around good people. People who make you think, who make you better. And then you've got to implement a system of thinking. I'm going to have times when I think. I'm going to have times when I filter what I think. And I'm going to have times when I develop what I think. And so you have to have that system. You have to learn that every thought you have isn't necessarily to benefit you. God will give you thoughts to benefit someone else. And you develop that. And then you understand that there's nothing worse than being a person who has thoughts but lacks energy. If God's given you the thought, he's going to give you a way to use it. What I've given you is how leaders think. Maybe I've diagrammed it in a little bit more detail than you've ever thought of. But that is the platform on how leaders think. That being said, what I want to say to you is this. You have potential to think great things. You have potential to do great things. I can't wait to hear some of your great thoughts. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Hey, if I could take a minute, for those of you in Florida, uh, next week I will be in Florida and I will be doing a roundtable. And in that roundtable, I will be doing a lesson on uh, lessons that I'm having to learn. See, a lot of times when you've done this a long time, you talk about old lessons. But what I found is if you're a real leader, it's not about lessons you learned 20 years ago, but lessons that you're learning right now. I'm going to walk through some lessons that I'm having to learn. I'm going to talk about how to develop a leadership pipeline. What are the three stages of leadership development? And then I'm going to talk about 12 keys to emotional management. How can you handle your emotional energy as a leader? And so if you'd like to come or be a part of any of our roundtables, we have a lot of them. We have them in Atlanta. We have them in North Carolina, a whole bunch of them all over the country. Um, All you've got to do is go to Gerald Brooks Ministries, and it will list them. And uh, then you can join us, and you can sign up and be a part. Thank you so much. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for how you do it. Thank you for helping others because that's what leaders do. Leaders help other people because when you become a leader, you lose the right to think about yourself. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.